0: Welcome to One Shot Church, where our goal is to create a place for you to believe and belong. We're so grateful that you tuned in to check out this message, and we'd love to meet you in person at one of our upcoming services at 10 a.m. Feel free to check out oneshotchurch.com for more info, or to follow us on any of your social media platforms at One Shot Church. Here's this week's message. Enjoy. Enjoy grateful to be with you guys this morning. I'm glad that you came to join us. If you're new today, man, we just want to say welcome. I'm glad that you're here. Appreciate your presence. There's a lot of great churches that, that you guys could have stopped by and visited this morning. So I'm, I'm grateful that you guys are a guest this morning, and I appreciate it. So but before I get going, I want to read the scripture that we've been building this whole series off of. It's found in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 if you have your bibles you can turn there if you have devices you can thumb there whichever one you like it's still the bible i like the uh i really like the paper you know what i mean i really enjoy flipping in my bible my bible's sacred my kids know this is the one thing you don't touch in the house they break every how many y'all have kids anybody got kids anybody had kids before it's just us amen i'm not okay all right that's irrelevant what i wanted to say But uh, Hebrews 12, 2 reads like this. It says, therefore, uh, starting at verse 1, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We do this by looking to Jesus The founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Can I get a churchy amen after reading that? amen. Well, would you guys pray with me and we'll, and we'll get started. Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you for these beautiful people that are sitting here today. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you help me teach uh, the beauty and the glory and the grandeur of Jesus. Uh, lead us, guide us, teach us all today, Holy Spirit, and we give you thanks that Jesus will be glorified and we'll all be edified bars in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> hey man they, they, they they'll keep coming uh, they won't stop coming uh, but how many of you guys have ever done something hard something hard really hard anybody raise your hand if you've done something hard and it just brings back a little bit like listen if someone just say hey would you want to do that again you would be like i don't think so i watched my uh my wife do do something hard four times and if it was me it wouldn't have happened once, right? She birthed four human beings. I keep saying that because I think that people need to understand it's not, a, it's not really a baby. It's a human being, like a live, like big thing that just comes out of a woman. And that's, that's, that's very difficult uh, for human beings. So, but one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life was a race that 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 I ran a few years ago, and actually two of my buddies are here. Uh, the 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 swole uh, uh, bald brother that you saw there, and, and the young fella back here, uh, Mr. Bobby Jones. Everybody wave at Bobby. I know he feels awkward, but it's good. Let's make everybody feel awkward this morning. But uh, but I ran this race called the Tough Mudder. Anybody ever heard of that race before? It's it's a fundraiser for the Wounded Warriors. It's I think it's 10.2 miles, and it's 18 to 20 obstacles. I'm talking about climbing up, you know, 15-foot walls and jumping off of stuff and, and doing pull-ups and put all types of ridiculous—in the mud. You're filthy by the, end of the, by the end of the race. But I remember thinking— you know what this is going to be okay i've been training now i'm a little heavy but i was actually training and i said you know what i'm ready for this i could at least got a good six miles in me may god be with me uh uh the last four but but i knew I, I, i'm ready i'm ready to halfway do this now i want to show you guys the optimism we, we we had a look look at the optimism right that's mr bobby jones in the red that's big brother swole coach truitt on, on the right Miss Sydney, now I'm not gonna lie, Sydney held it down the race. I was thinking in my mind, look, look, we're we not carrying no dead weight. You know what I'm saying? We're not carrying any dead weight. You're gonna have to pull your own, and Miss Sydney pulled her own that race. And then you have the uh, Mr. Bobby Jones, uh, the great, and Dante, uh, who's now married to Miss Sydney, and then you have the heavy one on the left. I just, that's just so disproportionate <laughs> compared to the rest of the picture. But anyway, so, we actually get in our crowd and we're getting ready to start the race. It's a beautiful sunny day, it's, it's, it's hot, it feels good. So the first mile is gravy, right? It's, it's, it's on grass and, and everything looks good until something that I saw worried me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, it worried me. There, were, there, were, there was a young man who was being carted off on a stretcher <laughs> with his eyes closed. <laughs> like homeboy was unconscious. And I was thinking to myself, all right, you know, okay, Are we, is, is, we're going to be okay. Is this going, uh, uh, that's not going to be me in Jesus' name. I was just thinking to myself, I'm not going out like that. Homeboy was just in peace. So, but we started to run the race. And here's the thing, the obstacles were crazy, but we did them all. I did every single obstacle, I tore calluses on my hand, it was crazy, had busted hands and knees. The the worst one, in my opinion, was they actually electrocuted you. And this is how sick it was, you stepped into water and there were wires that hung down and and they shocked you, like you were electrocuted. And I remember we all held hands like dummies because I I didn't know this after the fact. The charge comes all the way down, and whoever was at the end, and it was me and Dante. I just remember stepping in and saw a bright light, and I looked over it. Dante was in the mud, and I was just like, I wanted to say every explicitive known to man. I was so angry. I was just like, this is just, this is not right, right? So I get up and I finish that race, and I messed up, all, I messed up my hands. Then we get to this obstacle. You, you could, you you bring that. That we get to this right here. They call this Mount Everest, and, and so my legs are gone. I have no more leg power. I have no more leg juice. I, I've, I've exhausted everything in my body, and we get to this obstacle, Mount Everest, and so I'm looking at all these people, and they're running, and I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to get myself together, so, so I got myself together, and I felt like, okay, this is it. This is the last hoorah. I'm about to kill this, right? So I ran up. And I think I got I, 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 I don't even know if I was halfway and I just remember collapsing and hurting myself really bad. There was there was there was something uh, 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 relative to men that just hurt. Right. I, I was hurting. So I slid all the way down. I mean, all these people in front of all these people. But it's kind of like at this point in life. I, I could care less what any of y'all got to say to me. I just, I, I felt like whatever. I, I need to finish this, right? So I get down and I get myself together. Coach Truitt, my whole team is finished. They just waiting on the heavy one, right? So I get the, I get the, I get the, the gusto and then I ran up and I still wouldn't have made it, y'all. I still wouldn't have made it. I ran up and I just kind of jumped as high as I could and my team and some other random people that I didn't even know was grabbing me and pulling me up over the wall, and I was just like, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. And then when we finished that race, like, you want to talk about exhausted? That was the most physically tired I've ever been in my... I was just kind of walking like this, right? Like, just like, old oh, man, we went to Cracker Barrel. I had stitches. I had I had hand wraps all over my hands. My hands were all busted. But I remember... Just getting to the end of that race, like, man, thank God I finished. Like, wow, that was a feat. Don't know if I want to do that again, but thank God I finished. Here's the other thing I, I thought about that story. The people in that race, they were concerned about finishing, but they weren't as much concerned about finishing and competing with everybody beside them. I don't know if you can see, but look at all those people. They could finish the race, but they're like, no, like, we are going to finish the race. They were concerned about finishing, but they were also just as concerned about you and me and us finishing. And based on the scripture that I just read in Hebrews 12 too, God says that life is a race. Life is a race. And it's a race that God has set before all of us. All of us have a race that only we can run. All of us have a race with our name on it. And God cares about us finishing and finishing well. But the question that I wanna ask you Is this right here? Actually, I'm moving. Go to the next slide. I just want to show you the aftermath of the race. Look at the aftermath. Right. Look at that. That was just ridiculous. Life is messy, isn't it? Just like that race, life is messy. We're going to go through life. And listen, this is exactly how we're going to look, except for Dante. Dante does not look like he is happy at all. He's like, get off of me. I am done. Leave me alone. But I see us at the end of our journey. It was messy. It, we had some fun moments, some high moments, some low moments. But thank God we finished, right? But this is the question I wanna, that I want to leave with you guys is this. Who are you running with? Just like us, I had a great team. I'm so glad I ran with the people that I ran with because, honestly, I don't know if I would have been able to finish that race apart from the team that I was running with. Who are you running with? And are the people that you are running with, are they even in your race? You know, there's a lot of people in pursuit of a lot of different things. People are in pursuit of pleasure, people are in pursuit of material objects, and and people are in pursuit of so many different things, and they are racing and pursuing and running. But the question is, who are you running with? And are the people that are in your life at this moment, are they running the same race as you? Are they trying to complete the same goals that you're trying to complete? It's just like the picture we, we saw a moment ago. I wouldn't have been able to get over that obstacle apart from the team that I was with. And there's gonna be obstacles, we talked about a few over this series, hurt. All of us are gonna be hurt. You cannot run away from hurt. If you wanna run away from hurt, you gotta go in a cave somewhere in in, in Timbuktu, and guess what, you're still gonna hurt yourself. You're gonna do something dumb and you're gonna hurt yourself, right? Pain is a part of this life and we can't escape it. But God empowers us and teaches us how to work through it. Guess what, you run this race, There's going to be opportunities to be tired, to be fatigued. Pastor Shun talked about that last week. You're going to be tired. You're going to be fatigued. But how do we work through that? This week, we're talking about running together. Who are you running with? And are the people that you are running with, are they in the same race as you? Are they in pursuit of the same things that you are in pursuit of? Because I'm going to tell you something. This is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make in your life is who you surround yourself with, who is on your team. And, and as we talk about team, there was a scripture that I read, and it's kind of unorthodox, but it, it, it gave me so much courage, and I was just wanting to share this because Jesus not only saved us and forgiven us and made us right with him, but he put us on a team. He didn't just leave us alone. He didn't just say all right guys you're right with me it's all good he said no I'm saving you but I'm gonna put you on a team and guess what you can't accomplish what I've called you to accomplish apart from the team I've put you on let's look at what he has to say in uh, Matthew I believe chapter 16 verse 13 through 16 and listen to what Jesus listen to what it says it says when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi now this was a famous place this was a place that King Herod, he built up this city. He named it after the emperor Caesar. There's monuments dedicated to Caesar. There's temples. There's, there's all types of statues dedicated to this emperor Caesar. In, in, this, in this place known of popularity about a particular person. And then Jesus asked his disciples, knowing they're looking at all the architecture and they're walking through. And Jesus asked his disciples this question. He says, who do people say that the son of man is? Like, who do people say that I am? And everybody's like, well, you know, some people say you're John the Baptist, right? Which was Jesus' cousin. He was, he had a great ministry. He was baptizing people. He was preaching repentance and people were turning their lives around. Then he says, some people say Elijah, the prophet, the great prophet who'd done a lot of miracles. Then he says, and others say Jeremiah or the other prophets. I don't people just saying you a lot of different people right you should be happy because they were all good people they didn't say you were Marilyn Manson or anybody crazy they said you know good people and then he says in verse 15 then he asked them very 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 important question but who do you say that I am I I think it's great that other people you know people people are trying to come to some conclusion about who I am but the people who are walking with me the people who are following me who do you say that I am? Who am I in your life? Then he says, Simon, I love Peter because I see myself in Peter a lot, and, and, and because Peter makes a lot of mistakes, <laughs> but he says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, and listen to what Jesus says next. He says, Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, so blessed That Jesus is about to change his name and listen to what Jesus now calls him he says because my father in heaven has revealed this to you he says no flesh and blood no human being nothing your eyes didn't get this my father has revealed to you that I am the Messiah and he says you did not learn this from any human being now I say to you that you are Peter which means rock and he says upon this rock this revelation what my father has revealed to you that I am the Messiah he says I'm going to build my church and he says and all the powers of hell will not conquer it now for us we read that and church just has so many different meanings for us don't us how many y'all grew up in church I didn't. I didn't grow up. There's a lot of people in here who grew up in church. You know, it's America, right? And, and I didn't, I kind of, I was the East, maybe every other Easter uh, 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 in the ugly suit when I was little. And then when, as I got older, it was just, I wasn't in church at all, right? But, but that word has such weight to it, doesn't it, for all of us. Some of us have great experiences, right, with the church. Some of us, maybe not so great. Maybe you've been to churches where you've been hurt You've been wounded, you've been frustrated, you've been burnt out, or or something like that. But this word church is derived from a Greek word, which means ekklesia, and it means the called out ones, those who have been called out and placed into a, a specific assembly. And Jesus says, I'm building a team. How many of you guys have ever played dodgeball and been in elementary school, and they, and they tell all the kids to line up? Now, I was, I, was a little, I was a little chubby back in the day, but I was still an athlete, so I was never the last person. Respect, respect it. Put some respect on the name. <laughs> right? Now, I used to feel sorry for the kid that, you know, at the, please, like, you know, pick me, right? It's like, oh, man, y'all not going to pick dude, right? But this is what Jesus is saying. I'm picking you. I'm calling you out and you're on my team now. And he says that those who are on my team, the called out ones put into my assembly onto my team, he says the powers of hell will come against you, but they will not conquer you. And I don't know about you, but if you feel like hell is getting a little bit of the best of you, maybe it's things you're going through, maybe it's circumstances, maybe it's just like, hey, I don't feel like I'm overcoming right now in this season. I would just challenge you to to question your team. Where are you? Are you on the team that Jesus has placed you on? Are you you in community? Do you have people in your life? Are are the people in your life, can they they believe in you when they see you at your lowest? Like my friends had the opportunity to make fun of me and be like, oh, you ain't getting up here, whatever. We're going to finish without you. We'll see you at the finish line. No, they refuse. To finish without me because they knew that their race was connected to mine and we have to finish and God is going to put you in a community and on a team where guess what you all will finish because you will have your weak moments you will have your strong moments. I see this with my wife there are sometimes my patience with my kids is like you know it's like where you at you right there right? <laughs> There. And then my wife, she irritates me sometimes, but she'd be like, babe, it's okay. They're kids. They're just, they're kids. They're doing what kids do. And I'm like, oh, okay. So now they just kids, right? 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 But then there's times I come home and I'm like, hey, guys, you're so all buddy. And she just like, I can't stand them. Get them out of my sight. I'm about to roar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, what happened to the, uh. uh Right. But guess what? We're all going to have weak moments. We're all going to have strong moments. I need her. I need my brother. I need my sisters. I need the church. I need the church. Jesus says, I do. And he says, I'm building this team and this team will win. I want to leave you with this scripture right here. To give you greater clarity about what the church is. And it says in 1 Corinthians 12:27. All of you, and I love this word right here, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. We are all connected to one another, and you understand, and I don't ever want to experience this, but if I lose a body part, guess what happens to that body part? It withers and it dies. Now, I'm not talking about, you you know, being cut off or if you're not going to church or if you're not attending church regularly, you're going to hell. That is not what I'm saying. And that is not even biblical. But what I am saying is that maybe there's a dream that God put inside of you that if you neglect the church, you won't fulfill that dream. Maybe there is a calling that God has put on your life, but if you neglect the church, if you neglect the team that he's put you on, you won't fulfill that goal. You won't. Maybe it is a beautiful marriage and a family that God wants to build and produce through you, but you won't be able to do it apart from the church, the called out ones, the ones Jesus called out and put on his team. We need the church, just like my pinky needs rest of my body and we understand how important different body parts are all you gotta do is wake up and stub that toe you stub that toe i tell you what man when i stub a toe i just i'm crazy y'all i just be like i'm going to the garage and i'm getting gasoline everything got to go everything has got to go like why right so but we all know even though it's insignificant as that may seem apart from the body man, it hurts. So guys, we need the team that God puts us on. It's so crucial. And I want to leave you with this scripture. This scripture has been taken out of context in so many different ways, and hopefully I can bring a little bit of clarity to it this morning. But Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, he says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now that unequally yoked, for some of us, we're like, what does that really mean? What's the context behind that? Well, let's talk about the word yoke. Yoke is not a real cultural word that we use today. Like that. that's maybe something my great-grandfather used to say, uh, uh, son, go get the yoke and yoke the, them out there and put them together and get the straight line or whatever. But the truth is a yoke was a tool that was used for agriculture. You, you, you would take a strong ox or a strong animal, whatever it was, but you needed two of the same kind. That's what that word in the Greek means. It actually means two of the different kind. It's actually, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but it's where we get the word hetero, heterosexual, two different kinds coming together, right? So this word means that if you are linked together, yoked together, now why is this important? This is important because a yoke reflects work, doesn't it? There is something that God has called all of us to do. And so if I am yoked to somebody, let's just say I yoke a weaker ox or a baby ox to a strong ox, what do you think is going to happen? The, the older one is going to get worn out. The lines are going to be crooked. Probably what's going to happen is the bigger, stronger one is just going to do this. Because what? He's pulling. Now what's happening? Just going in circles. And so many people go in circles. And they're not going in circles because something's wrong with them. You need to grow up, what's wrong with you? You're, you're strange, you're weird, you're immature. No, a lot of times we're going in circles because of who we're yoked up to. Who are we yoked up to? You know, if, if, if I wanna be a godly husband and I wanna raise godly children, do you think I should be yoked up to men who cheat on their wives, who don't really have a conscience about it, who aren't present in their families? Is, is that a healthy relationship for me? We're two different kinds. I, I, it's no, I'm not putting them down, I'm not disrespecting them, I'm not judging them, but I, I see a goal and I see a finish line that I need to meet. And guess what, if you're not running the same race as I am, you're not going to be caring about the same finish line that I care about. So that word unequally yoke, it, it, it means two of a different kind being put together as one to do a specific task. And if we're unequally yoked, we're not going to be able to accomplish our dreams, our goals, our callings, whatever God put for us. We're not going to be able to do it unequally yoked. And then he says with unbelievers, that word just simply means the, the, the faithless, the non-faithful. And it means that these are people who have not been persuaded by God. There's people, and I'm not talking about, because uh, there are Christians that you can be unequally yoked to, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where This isn't just, hey, you don't believe Christianity or you don't believe what I believe, so I can't be in relationship with you. This is, not what, this is not what Paul is saying. You need to be in relationship with people who don't believe like you do, because how else can you be a light? How else can you love people, right? But what he's saying is, when it comes to your life and your destiny and what God is working out in you, You can't be in partnership and and, and, and in a covenant relationship with these people because they're not going to get you to where you need to be. He says, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Like, does righteousness and lawlessness, do they hold hands and get something done together? No, they're complete opposite. He says, or what fellowship, very powerful word. Very pot Koinonia, the Greek word, which means community and communion. What communion? Has light with darkness? Light comes on, what happens to darkness? It's never like they just dance in this room and it's just kind of this weird, like, what's going on in here? No, you turn the light on, (laughs) darkness goes. (laughs) Right? Now, I love this version. Check out what Eugene Peterson, he paraphrases this text. Listen to what he says. He says, don't become partners with those who reject God. Those who reject God. There may be people in our lives, and guess what? They may believe that Jesus is Lord and all that stuff, but they're rejecting God in a particular area that's not healthy for you. It's not healthy if I surround myself with people. Let's just say, like, I'm really passionate about being a husband to my wife and being a father to my children. I didn't grow up in a home like that. So it burns in me. I, I, at the end of my days, I want my kids to get up and I could care less about what anybody else has to say. I want my wife and my children to be able to just speak grander of me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I just want them to be like, yeah, my father, he was my, he-. like, I, that is my finish line. But now listen, if, if, if I constantly yoke myself up with or if I'm in partnership with people who reject God in the sense of they're not in pursuit of that which is right, of that which is holy, of that which is good, do you think that's going to add fuel to help me to get to where God needs me to be? Or do you think that's going to be an obstacle or hindrance? Like that, we all know. Now listen to what he says. He says, how can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? How many of you guys had parents that said this? Two wrongs don't make it right. My mom used to say that all the time. Two wrongs don't make it right. Now, he says, that's not partnership. That's not partnership. That's war. I felt this before where inside of me, I really want to do something good. I really want to, ah, it's like, I, I really want to live holy. I really want to pursue God and please God and all this stuff. But then I look around and I'm like, I feel like there's this war going on. And when I really think about it, the common denominator is who I'm with, the team I'm around. Listen what he says. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Does trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would, who would think of setting up a pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are. Speaking of God's holy temple, we are God's holy temple. And he says, each of us a temple in whom God lives. God has put you on a team. And that team is called his church. And God is in you and he is with you. Listen to what he says next. He says, actually, this is what I say. The question I wanna ask you, are the people that you give access to your life going to help you access your purpose? What I'm saying is, are the people that that you allow into your life to influence you, to hang with, Because whether we know it or not, actually psychology says that close friends, the reason why you can actually finish finish each other's sentences or you can look at each other. Like I might be singing a song in my head and then I start singing and my wife sings the same song or we just finish each other's sentence or we just. It's like that's weird. But literally the people that you hang with, the energy that you guys share, it will influence you and affect you whether you like it or not. You are slowly almost like God is allowed us to become one to become partners to become to become one unit so the more that we are in partnership the more that we are in fellowship or community or family with people who are in the same race as you the greater chance we have to run this race effectively and to finish this race i'm gonna leave this with you again are the people that you give access to your life going to help you access your purpose why is this so important why is this so critical this right here the people our relationships determines the direction and the quality of our life the people and the relationships and the people that we do life with they do largely determine the direction that you're going in if i say i want to go to miami but i get on 95 north do y'all think i'm gonna get to miami it it doesn't matter if I really believed in my heart, but I was going to mine, I really wanted, and so many people say, but my heart is, my heart, it, child, you know what I mean? It's like, bless your heart, but your intentions ain't got nothing to do with this. If you are on the wrong road, if you're on the wrong highway, you're not going to get to where you're going. So if you are, if you are giving access to people who are not going in the same direction as you, do you think you're going to get the, to the destination you're supposed to be? No. Our relationships determine the direction and the quality of our lives. I say that, I, I, y'all hear this story at some point, that that dude right there helped to save my marriage. He wasn't, I was in an inappropriate relationship, not that I was physically with a woman or anything like that, but it was just inappropriate communication going on, inappropriate, right? And I knew I was wrong. I had that, oh, Lord, Jesus, I already, y'all know when you know you know you're wrong and you're already plotting to do wrong, but you're just trying to act like you're ignoring God's voice. You're like, no, nah, I don't hear that. Like, I'm just kind of like, nah, no, you know what's going on. But I knew if I told my brother, I knew if I told my brother, he would punch me in the face. He would hurt me before I would let myself hurt myself. That is the kind of yoking you want to be with. You want to be with a yoking that's going to help keep you on the path and get you to the destination that God intends for you to be. And guess what? He's on the same team as me. We're on the same team together. Leave you with these last two verses and then we'll close. And uh, sugar, honey, bun, iced tea. Come on. You can come on up. And uh, the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 12:23. I love this because there are so many better preachers than me. Sometimes I want to sit back at home in the rain while it's raining and listen to preachers who preach better than me and just be like, amen, go ahead and encourage me, Pastor. I'm all right. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be around community. I don't need to be around people. Just go ahead and encourage me. I I feel that sometimes, right? But here's what sitting at home watching somebody who who can do this way better than me. Here's what I can't get. I can't get this. He says, let us. Let us, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. See, we were holding to the same hope, which is why he wouldn't let me go. He wouldn't let me fall. He wouldn't let me fail because we had the same hope. It wasn't just me, it wasn't just I, it was we. And because it was we, I was able to be victorious. The gates of hell came, but they did not prevail. Why? Because of we, not because of me. We is always stronger and better and mightier than me. And he says, for God, I love this, God can be trusted. Wow. God can be trusted to keep his promises. Then he says this, let us, let us. Think of ways to motivate who? One another. You know what sitting at home can't do for me? I can't one another, one another. I can't one another, one another. This is why we need community. This is why I need the church. This is why you need the church. This is why we need the team that Jesus has put us on because we can't one another, one another by ourselves. I can sit and I can listen to uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick or Creflo Dollar or you name them. And I love sitting and just listening. But I can't, in that environment, love one another, motivate one another because it's just me. And he says, motivate one another to acts of love. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Not dead works. Dead works are works that you are doing with the attempt to earn God's favor and to earn God's acceptance. God has already given you acceptance. God has already given you favor through the finished work of his son, Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross over 2,000 years ago. The gavel was slammed. Heaven said, finished. You are accepted. You are beloved. You are forgiven. Good works are works that come forth through your life as a result of resting and trusting in that truth. And he says, and let us not neglect our meeting together. There are people who neglect. My generation, my generation doesn't do church. They grew up and a lot of them, they like, look, forget church. I've watched a lot of people get hurt in church. I've watched this and I watched that and church is born and church is this, and I rather brunch, I rather whatever. And, and and this is why I'm passionate about reaching them because I understand that guess what? Gates of hell, powers of hell are coming your way. And you by yourself are not going to be able to withstand. You need God's team. But we have to help them see why they should value God's team. And then he says, some of us, he says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But do what? Encourage one another. This is why I need you. This is why you need me. I need you to encourage me. You need me to encourage you. We can't do this alone with just our laptops. And it says, especially now that we see his return drawing near. I love that. It's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Hong Kong, Middle East, North America, God bless America, South America. It's a lot of stuff going on. And I just believe it's setting up for the stage for, 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 for my guy to come home. Well, not home, to come take me home. Amen. This ain't home. And I don't want in anyway. But uh <laughs> and this is the last verse that I want to share with you guys, and then we are done. Let you get out of here. Hebrews 12, 2, we read this in the beginning, but I wanted to draw out some some key some key pronouns. I was asking my wife, I was like, what, what is we? And I said, she was like, it's a pronoun. Therefore, I listen, I wasn't the academic one, amen. She was the academic one. I was the one that just finessed my way through school, got cool with the teachers, and got cool with the people who wanted to share the answers. I couldn't stand the people. I couldn't stand the people that would do this right here. I'm just like, look, go somewhere, man. Let me, Lord, me and Estra will put the folder up. Like, this what we doing now? <laughs> we putting folders up so I can't see? Be frustrated as a bug. Anyway, help us, Lord. So, this is what this is what the writer says. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses. These are people who have gone before us. These are people who have walked with Jesus. They are already with Jesus, and they know what this journey is like. And he says, guess what? They cheer us on. And he says, "Uh, since we're surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne Jesus loves you and I so much. I was thinking about this this morning. He considers the church his bride. And I think about how much I love my wife and how I'm jealous over her and you know, don't be all giggling too much with homeboy over there. You know what I'm saying? You That laugh was a little too strong, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tone that back, right? But God is jealous over his church. God, God is God loves her so much. God loves us so much that he bled for us, that he died for you and for me. He didn't leave you in your sin. He didn't leave you in your turmoil. He didn't leave you in your hopelessness. He shed his blood. He opened his side. He allowed his blood to flow to pay for our sins. Wake up tomorrow reflecting on that truth. Wow, I'm loved. I'm loved. And the Bible says that I'm not the head of the church. No other pastor is the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. He is the head of his bride. He is the head of the church. This is the last point I want to leave you with, and we are done. We need Christ, and we need his church. Very simple you want to be a godly man, if you want to be a godly woman, guess what? You need Christ and you need his church. If you want to be successful, if you want to be prosperous, if you want to be generous, if you want to be healthy physically, uh, uh, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, guess what? You need Christ and you need his church. There's a lie going around that says all I need is Jesus. Yes, but you need the Jesus that is in his church. We need the church. We can't do this apart from the church. So, guys, I just want to encourage you with that. The church is beautiful. The church is messy sometimes. The church can frustrate you. The church can hurt you sometimes. But we still need the church. My kids, my wife, my family. (laughs) Sometimes, boy, I be like, y'all just, you know what I'm saying. But I need them need them and they need me I can't just oh y'all hurt me or you hurt my feelings or you frustrated me I'm done with this no 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 no. we are the church and we should be able to work through the mess we should be able to pull each other through the mess of life Y'all saw that that, that 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 end result of that picture and Dante looked like he was just about dead. He's going to hear this on the mic and be like, bro, stop talking about me, man. Right. Y'all just caught me at a bad angle. Dante was hurt, y'all. He was hurt. He was hurt. Anyway, let me shut up, man. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I thank you so much for your beautiful spirit. I thank you so much for your love and for your grace. Thank you for giving us hope. Thank you for giving us a reason to believe again, a reason to laugh and rejoice and smile. Jesus, what is life apart from you? The Bible says that you came to give us life and life more abundantly, life overflowing. And God, I thank you for that abundance of life. I speak life into our souls right now. I speak life into our bodies. I speak life into our relationships. I speak life into this church, Father. Help us to be a community where we pull one another through. We lift one another up. We encourage. We motivate one another to good works. It's in your precious, beautiful name that we pray. Somebody say